and my dad gave me $1,500, spent $1,500, about a $1,000 Mitsubishi pickup and a $500 pressure washer. And that was the seed money to start my business, uh, which grew to a $4.8 million a year soft washing company. Joining me here on the Bring on Success program is A.C. Lockyer, and he is an expert in many different fields. We're going to talk about his book today, The Five Keys to Pattern Success. He goes back generations. The heritage in his family when it comes to home service is very deep, and he's going to talk a little bit about that as well. And A.C. is in the cleaning business. I'm going to let him go into some detail. A.C., welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jim. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you so much for taking time to to come on to the program here on Bring On Success. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of a background? You've always said that you're a third generation and you're very proud of that in home service. Talk about that. Absolutely. So um, what, what I've done for a living is what is known as soft washing. And when I started back 30 years ago. It wasn't called soft washing back then, uh, but I'm a cleaner. I, I clean the exterior buildings. Our family heritage is actually in the appliance business. So my dad owned a appliance uh, repair business. He owned an appliance sales business. Uh, he owned a kitchen and bath remodeling business, uh, did those businesses. And in fact, back in the 80s, remember that song by Dire Straits, Money for Nothing? Absolutely. You know, we have to install microwave ovens, custom kitchen delivery. We got to move these refrigerators. We got to move these color TVs. That was the business my dad was in back in the late 80s when that song came out. And it was weird. I thought somebody was like stalking us, following us, because who would write a rock and roll song about that? And that was the family business. I mean, we literally uh, had a division that went to Montgomery Wards and and back in the day, all the places, Sears and, and, and all the places that sold appliances and big screen TVs and all, we would pick them up for the customer, deliver them to their homes, hook them up, dishwashers, paddle fans, microwave ovens, all that kind of stuff. And that was the family business. And before my dad, my grandfather, uh, was in uh, kitchen appliances and owned uh, the business my dad eventually took over, which was called Accurate Appliances. Um, but before that, he owned a company called Elite Appliances, and he is the inventor of the pop-up toaster, the electric blender, and the fountain soda machine. And that usually makes people go, wow, oh my gosh, holy smokes, that's so cool. Yeah, but he died broke, and we got no money, so it doesn't matter. That's, and, um, AC, that's an incredible story. What, hold on, yeah. hold on. Go back over those items again, the pop-up toaster, what else? The pop-up toaster, the electric blender, and the fountain soda machine. In fact, his company, Elite Appliances, um, we've got all the articles from back in the day and, and a lot of archives uh, in the family, got bought out by a company that a lot of us know called Toastmaster. And Toastmaster makes toasters and kitchen, you know, large commercial kitchen appliances and even had some smaller appliances for home kitchens and uh so my grandfather, uh, when he got bought out by Toastmaster, they bought his company and, and also gave him a, a certain amount of stock in Toastmaster. And he was one of the 
stockholders and Toastmaster, and he owned all of the rights uh, for selling Toastmaster equipment for um, New York State, for the state of Florida, for the Caribbean, and all through South America, and uh, had all those rights. He got very ill later in life, and, and like a lot of entrepreneurs, didn't have health insurance, especially back then, and because uh, he didn't have health insurance, he spent up the family fortune little by little, um, selling off pieces of what he had in Toastmaster um, to, to go ahead and, and pay for his health care. He also got into something kind of weird because, you know, all of us entrepreneurs are kind of, you know, wild eyed and, and we get distracted easy. He did something back in the 40s called driftwood furniture. And it's kind of made a little bit of a comeback. But back then, you could just walk the beaches of South Florida and the Keys and you would get, you know, driftwood that from a mahogany tree that fell into a river in Africa and floated down the river and came across the ocean and ended up on the beaches and the Keys. And he would turn it into tables and 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 uh end tables and and one of the coolest things he did is uh if you're old enough you remember an actor named errol flynn he was in all the swashbuckling movies and the sword fighting movies back in the 40s and 50s yeah robin hood yeah yeah and he played robin hood and yeah very 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 cool guy back in the black and white era the golden age of of uh of movies and so um errol flynn had a house in the bahamas and he uh, commissioned my grandfather to build a 20-foot-long bar for his house in the uh, in the Bahamas out of driftwood. So my grandfather got to jet set. He had a driftwood showroom up in New York and one in Miami and one out in California and built all this furniture and got to rub elbows with celebrities and got distracted from the Toastmaster thing, as a lot of entrepreneurs did, and started selling that off because he thought driftwood furniture was going to be his big thing. And then he got sick and had to dump the driftwood furniture and sell the stock in Toastmaster. And, and when he died, my dad was, um, when he got sick, my dad was 15 years old. Um, my dad and his mom had to take over the family business and run it at that point. And then when my dad was 18, my grandfather died. I never got to meet my grandfather and left them with a, a lot of debt. And this basically what was left was a little appliance sales and repair company in Miami Beach, Florida. And then my dad took that and built that up and sold it and moved to Orlando. You know, the whole entrepreneurial journey and, and then did the, the money for nothing song stuff and, and did all of that up in Orlando. And I grew up in that. And then eventually when it came time for me to uh, earn my own way in life and I got married and it's all in the book, you can read it. Um, decided to move home from, from Texas where I went to school at Abilene Christian University, which I got kicked out of, which is a fun story, and uh, decided to marry uh, the girl that I met out there. And, and I said to my dad, I said, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own business. I want to do what you and my granddad did and don't want to work for anybody else. In fact, a lockier male has not worked for another person in over 100 years. That's incredible. And so, yeah. And so it's, it's been a, it's been a cool journey. Um, and so he said, Hey, the family painter in prepping the house for painting jumped up on the roof and pressure washed off the roof too. And man, it made it look brand new. He, my dad said, seems to me that would be a great business to get in. And so I took that idea and 
from my dad. My dad gave me $1,500. He didn't give it to me. He spent $1,500. about a $1,000 Mitsubishi pickup and a $500 pressure washer. And that was the seed money to start my business that later became Mallard Systems, uh, which grew to a $4.8 million a year soft washing company um, in eight years. I went from $83,000 my first year to $4.8 million um, by my eighth year in business and um, grew that company. My dad at one point jumped in with me and helped me. I was young, had a family I was starting. I was still in that owner-operator rut, and he kind of helped me with that and uh, brought in his wisdom and everything. We operated that together, grew it to $4.8 million. And the rest is kind of history from there. Just It's been a great ride, this whole entrepreneurial, be your own boss, go out and stake your claim thing. So AC, you've never had a regular W-2 income job? Only when I was in high school. Okay. Uh, I went out and I worked in the nursery industry. I actually do have a degree in horticulture. And so when I turned 15, I got a job down at the local nursery, uh, plants, pulling weeds out of the plants and potting plants and, you know, loading mulch into people's cars on, you know, on Saturday and Sunday afternoons at the, at the nursery. And I did that. You know, I did some stuff in that industry for a little while. Um, but when I went to college, I went to college to actually become a preacher. That didn't work out. I got kicked out of preaching school. And uh, I won't ask why. Uh, well, it's not interesting at all. My grades just sucked. So they kicked me out and told me to stop spending my daddy's money. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was interesting. But yeah, I mean, when I became an adult and got out of school, I started my soft washing company and I have not worked for another person um, for my entire life, over 30 years. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Interesting stories. Speaking of stories, you wrote a book, The Five Keys to Pattern Success. Would you give a quick overview of that for our listeners today? And then I want to go over the five with you quickly. Yes. So basically... I've led this almost Forrest Gump kind of life. I've, I've, I've had a lot of great stuff happen to me. I've blessed a lot of people's lives. I've gotten involved in a lot of things. Uh, I've built turnkey businesses. By the age of 30, I had a turnkey business. Um, I built another business. By the age of 40, I had a turnkey business. Uh, I got to the point where I could fish 150 days a year. I was fishing over 150 days a year. And I decided to become a professional fisherman. My rookie season, I won a national championship. And um, so I've done a lot of things. And people always were asking me, man, AC, how did you do that? Man, AC, everything you touch seems to turn to gold. Man, AC, how, how, how did you meet your wife? How did you win a national championship? How did you build these businesses? How, how did you start your rock and roll band? Everything you seemed to do just worked out really, really well for you. Do you have the touch? And I had to look back on it and I had to say, you know, I don't have the touch. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I can say, yeah, I'm a third generation service business entrepreneur. If I have an advantage nobody else has, that would be it. That, that being third generation entrepreneur, Lockyer's never worked for another person. I guess that's kind of in my DNA. But when it comes to executing excellence, when it comes to having a plan, when it comes to having that personal life business system, that you can uh, execute over and over and over again, that brings you success over and over again, 
Well, that would have to be my five keys. And I identified that, oh gosh, 10, 15 years ago that I was, what I was doing over and over and over again was a system of success. And I boiled it down to those five points, those five keys, and I put it together as a very, very simple business system and life system that people could emulate. And I started sharing it with people. And people started using it. They, they were successful, too. I mean, you have to put gas in the engine, and you have to put effort behind it. I call it the heat behind the ball. You, you have to work it. But if you work it, it works for you every time. Absolutely. It, it, you know, when you put a program together, uh, you know, a system that works, you do it over and over again, whether it's something you're doing to physically train, maybe lose weight, to, right. you know, to learn a new instrument. You've got to understand how that works. Then you've got to apply and apply is a big part of it. You have to actually do it. So the number one thing you have here, the first thing you have in your five keys to pattern success is be deliberate. I can't agree yes. more. So dive into that. What does that mean by being deliberate? Well, being deliberate uh, simply means that you have to set a goal. You have to have a plan. You have to put that plan in writing. You have to put it to paper. You have to come up with what that goal is going to be. It's that thing that you want to accomplish. So there's a lot of people out there that dream or have goals but they never really put them down paper and they never really take them seriously. And what I'm saying is if you're going to do anything in life, at least what's anything in life that's worth doing, you have to do it excellently. You have to put together a plan. You have to decide I am going to actually pursue this. So I just tell people when you're living your life, live it deliberately, be deliberate. Don't just float around aimlessly through life. Actually go after the things that you want. I totally agree with that. So many people let life lead them, AC. They're not in charge. You have to be in charge and be deliberate. You need to tell your life what you're going to do instead of just wandering through it. So I agree with the deliberate. Executing. Tell us about executing. Well, executing is the hardest thing. If you actually look at your hand, and I use a hand uh, to actually, so that you can take your left hand, turn around, and look at it, and we're going to go from thumb to pinky, left to right, across the hand. Be deliberate would be your thumb. Execute would be your index finger, your pointer finger. And when you look at your hand, you realize in all the gaps between your fingers, the be deliberate and execute, the having the plan and actually doing the plan is the widest gap. And you and I were talking before the call about one of our mutual friends, Howard Partridge. And Howard Partridge, his big thing that he talks about and I didn't know what that gap was. I knew there was a gap there. I talked about the gap, but it wasn't until I went to a Howard Partridge conference, I realized there was a name for the gap. And that name for the gap is that failure to implement, that failure to execute, that failure to get off the blocks and actually execute your vision or your goal or the steps to make that happen, that failure to implement. And that's so important that you, so many people out there have dreams. You know, we all have that person in our life, that person that we know that always has a great idea, always has their next get rich scheme. And they just talk, 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 talk about stuff. And when they show up with your friends or with your relatives or if they're at a family event, everybody rolls their eyes and never takes them seriously. 
not because their ideas aren't good. Every once in a while, they come up with an idea, and you're like, dang, that's actually a good idea. You don't take them seriously because they never do anything with their ideas. So execution, the next key after be deliberate, that second key is so important because 90% of the people in the world never execute or go after their dreams. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get you to make that first leap and actually start working your plan. Yep. You know, you were saying, AC, that this individual shows up to the event and they talk about this and that, but they really haven't executed it. I can't tell you how many times someone has said, hey, you see that new product, that new invention? I had that idea 10 years ago, <laughs> right? I mean, that's happened to me before, too. I'll be honest with you. I've actually— oh, I have, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I had that idea, but the reason why I didn't bring it to fruition is because I didn't care enough about it. You know, for me, obviously, if I felt— that it was that important to bring it to market, I would have. And then there are a lot of things that I've actually executed that no one else ever has and are like, that's unique. I'm like, yeah, it was my idea and I brought it here to market. And so I totally agree. You've got to execute. That is critical. The next step here in the five keys to pattern success is analyze. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Analyze what? So uh, if you remember the Robert De Niro movie, it's analyze this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And he holds up that particular finger, too. <laughs> <laughs> now we're at the middle finger. OK, so. Yeah, that's now we're at the middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> so you can picture, you know, Robert De Niro holding up his middle finger going, analyze this. The big step that people miss and the reason the big difference between doers and people that are actual producers and achievers and people that become wealthy and have influence and all is this middle finger right here. Okay. It's the analyze finger. So when you're looking at your left hand, you got be deliberate on your thumb, execute on your index finger. And then right there on your middle finger there, the birdie finger, you got to analyze. Why is that so important? Because we're deliberate. We have a goal. We execute our vision. We start working our plan but we never take the time or build time into our lives to stop and reflect, to stop and check the spreadsheet, to stop and do the numbers, to stop and, and, and see like a good, really, really good practical place for me to explain this is, is how many of us do advertise in our companies and do marketing. And then when the phone rings, we take down the lead and we never ask the customer, how did you hear about our company? And then we never track all of our advertising sources to see which ones are getting the most leads and which ones aren't getting the most leads or which ones are revenueing the most off the leads they have. And we, we never stop on a weekly basis and look at all of our advertising sources, see what leads came in from them, see what percentage of the revenue each one of them was. We never rank and score our advertising in our companies. And then what ends up happening is we blow all this money on advertising that may or may not be working, and we're spending, we're bleeding, hemorrhaging money in our companies on advertising, which is a drug for a lot of entrepreneurs, because we never took the time to stop and measure it on a weekly basis. And that analyzation of your numbers, whether it be payroll costs or marketing costs, cost of goods, profit, 
all of those types of things. If you don't take time to analyze, you can't move on to the next key, which is replicate, because what ends up happening is, is you know the definition of insanity. What's the definition of insanity, Jim? Doing the same thing over again that didn't work the first time. Yeah, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah, yep. And that's what a lot of people do is because they don't analyze. They're like, well, this Angie's List thing, it's, it's, I'm getting some leads off of it, and it's making the phone ring, and I'm going out running the leads, but it's really not doing what I'm hoping it would do. So I'll just spend more money on it trying to turn a turkey into an eagle when it's a turkey. And if you don't stop and analyze that advertising, you end up doing the same thing over and over and over again, wasting money, wasting your effort, burning calories, expecting a different result. You've got to stop and analyze. You've got to prune away the things that aren't working, and you've got to promote the things that are working in your company. That's very true, AC, and it doesn't just end with advertising and marketing. You have to look at mm -hmm. your HR, too. You've got people in place that, you know, you're like, well, they've been on board for six years with us and they've had problems for six years, but we're always trying to help them. But they're actually a drain on the system. And sometimes right. you got to cut loose there, too, and bring in a better resource. And that's really tough for people. Well, I did that today. I took a, a friend of mine that's been a friend for 20 years, Noah's family. Our kids grew up together. We're very, very close. <clears throat> he leads one of the businesses that I own. Um, led one of my businesses that I own until this morning. I had to let him go this morning. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm not firing you. You didn't do a bad job. It's just the company's in a different place and the company has outgrown you. And, 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 and through analyzing what's going on and analyzing it all, it, you, you figure out it was just time to move on. And, uh, you know, and that, that happens with your people. You've got to analyze your staff as well. And it, it might not be that they're not doing a, a poor job. It, it may just be that it's, it's just time to shake things up, bring in some new talent, some new blood to bring the company to the next level. They do it in sports teams all the time. And people are professionals and they understand it. And they get traded and, and coaches get fired and they end up in another team. And and it's the ebb and the flow of your business. But if you're not analyzing, whether it be marketing or your HR or who, whatever it is, if you're not stopping and building in the time in your life to do this critical analysis, your company will not grow. You have to analyze uh, things are not static. They're fluid. And you have to yes. consistently stay on top of analyzing it. Okay, so replicate. Let me see if I've got this right now. I understand. Be deliberate. Execute. Analyze. Replicate, I think, might be the easiest thing for me here. Now <laughs> now that you understand all these, the the first three, you just do it over and over again, right? Right, right. So it, once you figure out the stuff that's working, the marketing that's, that's working, the, the business systems that are working, the employees that are working, the, the things that are going well in your company. Once you figure those out, you want to do more of that, right? Not more of the stuff that's not working. You want to do more of the stuff that is working. So now you're going to replicate. So it might be that key advertising piece that's really, really turning great numbers. It's making the phone ring. It's got a good closing ratio, but it's bringing you high revenues. How do you do more, than, more of that? Or it might be that awesome employee that you brought into the company. 
that's really knocked it out of the park and they're doing a great job and you're like, man, I wish I had more of them. Figure out who their friends are. Where do they hang out? What circle do they run in? Are there more of them out there? Do they have a brother? Do they have a sister? You know, don't, don't go on a wild goose chase looking for another employee. Find the one in your company that's got a good morals and a great attitude and a great work ethic and has a smile on their face and they're winning out there in your company and they're, you know, killing it, grilling it and putting it on the table and ask them, do you got a brother? Do you got a sister? What do your friends have the same ideals? Do you go to a particular church? Who else is at your church? Okay. And then replicate those things. It's really that simple. We should do that with everything in our lives. You know, there there are people who've been married five times, and you know, you know they're going to be married a sixth time because they're only 50, yes. right? And because right. they're doing the same thing. They have a bad pattern, and it's not a pattern of success. And they keep doing this, you know, making the same mistakes over and over again. And right. you want to replicate what's good because if, if you replicate what's bad, that works too. It's like garbage in, garbage out. We want not garbage in. We want the healthy stuff in so we continue to get the healthy stuff out, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I remember, yep. I, yep. I remember that old saying, garbage in, garbage out. And, <laughs> and, and it's true. So you need to get yourself healthy mentally and physically, your business healthy, so you can move forward and help others. And when you're leading your company, you really have to be one of the healthiest there's a lot of people eating junk food in the company, if you know what I mean. So you need to right. really carry them along. And hopefully you can get the entire staff on the good food mentally, if you will. The, you know, the whole idea is to get everyone in a positive place and weed out the individuals over time that aren't so you can have a premier company. Okay, so we've gone through be deliberate, execute, analyze, replicate, and mm -hmm. now systemize. Tell us about it. Yes, sir. So once you figure out what is replicatable in your life, in your business, in your marriage, raising your kids, whatever it might be, sports, like, like for me and fishing, once I figure out the lure they're biting on and, and if I can replicate that over and over again, and I've established a pattern for catching those fish, then I'm going to systemize it. I'm going to put together a system that reinforces that replicatable item and gets it to where it can self-replicate without me having to pay attention to it very much or put a lot of energy into it. So that might be a, a great marketing channel. It could be an HR system. It could be, you know, a system you've put together for keeping the trucks clean. You know, once you figure it out, you can replicate. It could be a sales bonus that you've put together. Uh, then you want to systemize it. And that's, you know, when you look at the book and you read the book, I talk about how I uh, met and married my wife. And it's because I've got a thing for redheads. And, and uh, now I've got a thing for one redhead. My wife always corrects me when I say that. <laughs> AC, be careful. I don't want you being, be careful. I don't right. want you being that guy who's been married five times now. No, nope, <laughs> careful. no. 30 years of blissful bliss. Yeah. Um, or yeah. Blissful yeah, what's the word? Blissful? Ah, anyhow, it's been <laughs> wonderful. But how I met my wife in college is my college roommates figured out I liked redheads. And so they're teasing me about it one night. And uh, we're sitting in the dorm. 
And uh, somebody said, well, do you like so-and-so? Do you think they're cute? Or how about so-and-so? And And they started putting together this list of like all of the eligible redheads, you know, out at Abilene Christian University, out at Abilene, Texas. And my wife was on that list. And then they said, hey, you know, uh, we bet you, you know, because now you have a list, then the gauntlet gets thrown down. I bet you, AC, that you can't date every girl on this list in one semester. And so I'm like, well, okay, we have to define what a date is. You know, can I take her to chapel? Is church a date? Is coffee a date? What, what is a date? And so we defined that. We put together the rules, and we put together a system. And, you know, and, and, and this, this ended up being the system under which I met, dated, and married my wife because we figured out who every redhead was at Abilene Christian University and then put together a goal and put together a time limit and put together the rules of engagement, you know, what was a date and what was not a date. And I set off to dating the redheads on that list. And is it any wonder I ended up marrying a cute little redheaded blue eyed girl from West Texas? No, because there was 30-something of them on that list. <laughs> I liked redheads. We put together a system. I went through that system and dated most of the girls on that list. I dated my wife. I went a few girls past her, and I went, oh, I really like that cute little redheaded girl with blue eyes and freckles on her nose from West Texas, from Midland, Texas. I think I'm going to go back and abandon the list and focus on her. And I married that girl, and life has gone very, very well since I did that. Well, that was a, we took that concept, we figured out we could replicate it, and then we systemized it. And then the result, that you don't look at a systemized program and get a result at the end and go, gee, how did that happen? A farmer does not walk out into the field, look at the ground and go, gee, there's corn coming out of the ground. How in the heck did that happen? Yeah, it was because it was deliberate, okay? We go back to the beginning. It was deliberate, yeah. and he executed. He's analyzed over the years or decades, and he replicated it because it all comes down to the system. Right. Wow. Yeah, this is this is a great book, seriously. I, I recommend everyone get it, The Five Keys to Pattern Success. You don't even have to be in the home services world or any service, you this can help your life. AC, how do they get the book? Really, really simple. You can go to Amazon. Of course, it's on Amazon. Uh, I, I'm finishing recording the audio book. I've been in the studio the last five weeks, three hours at a time, uh, doing the audio version. It's getting finished up this Friday. It'll go into editing, and then it should be up on Audible by the end of September. And so you'll be able to get it on Audible. Or if you'd like to, you can go to uh, any of my companies, whether it's Softwash Systems or Disruptor Manufacturing. Go to their web pages. Like for Softwash Systems, it'd be softwashsystems.com. Go up there and click the Buy Now button. It takes you to our shopping cart system. And the book is also on our shopping cart system. Or you can catch me on the road. I'm going to be at the Experience next week in Las Vegas. I'm going to be at... Clean Shield in Houston, um, the 2nd of October. I'm going to be mid-October at Power Clean. I'm going to be at RoofCon in November. Um, stop by the booth, say hi. I'll be happy to get you a signed copy. And, um, you know, this book will bless your life. 
I took, we took this book and we divided it in these five sections. In each section, I introduced the principle, like be deliberate. I tell you a story about how I was deliberate in my personal life, and then I give you a system that works with being deliberate. Each one of those, I do those same chapters. So the book is somewhat autobiographical. And you get to learn about me and learn my story along the way. Um, there's a little bit of romance in it, so the ladies will like to read it. Um, it is a book that's good for anybody. Somebody will find somewhere connected in this book. Most people, when they get into the first chapter, they get one page deep in it. And if you're an Ozzy Osbourne fan, you will like this book. <laughs> yes, there are references to Ozzy and AC's background in music. So it's very yes. interesting. It is not a bland book at all. The Five Keys to Pattern Success replicate success at will in your personal and business life. AC Lucker. AC, thank you so much for joining me here on Bring on Success. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great.